It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy and I'm your host this week. So if you're watching the show, you'll see the background. Uh, I'm back in CES, I wish. I think I say this every year. So CES is always the first show that I do when we come back from the break. And every year I know I start off the same way going, next year I'm going to go to CES. So uh, unfortunately the green screen is not that great. I think you can see I'm not really at CES. Um, shout out to Alex. I think he went over this year. I'm quite envious. Um, so maybe 2025, I will be at CES. But for now, it's just a review. So for those of you that don't know what CES is, the Consumer Electronics Show started off many, many years ago, selling like fridges and stuff, consumer electronics. But over the last 10 odd years, it's kind of been usurped by TVs, phones, computers, now AI drones, etc. So, you know, I'm sure the fridges and, and, and the, the general home appliances are still there, but the show is predominantly more about modern day consumer electronics, which are generally handheld devices, computers. And I say handheld devices, I think TCL showed off a 115 inch TV. There's nothing handheld about that. But anyway, let's get into it. So, um, yeah, it's three days. It's just a smorgasbord of tech. Um, this is a place where both the Sirius brand show off all their like latest offerings and as well as some of their cool innovations and concepts. Just bear in mind that a lot of the stuff and even the stuff I'm going to show you today, it might actually never, ever see the light of day. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a place where brands can show off what they can do and what their capabilities are. Um, unfortunately, though, in the real world with the cost of production and that, um, we can't, we don't often get to see this cool stuff. So that's also what makes CES such a cool show is that you can go there and kind of feel and play with stuff of the future. Equally, a lot of the stuff that we now know as everyday electronics probably did showcase at, uh, at CES as well. So it really is a re it's just a great place for you if you're a nerd, geek, techie and all of the above. Um, the other thing that does happen is that a lot of the new brands and innovators go there to showcase their offerings. So they might not get these really big stands and they might be pushed off to the back of the, of the show or one of the other halls. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're any less important and quite often more than not, um, they actually do make it to the light of day. They've got to see us because they're at the stage where they either about to launch or maybe at the final stages of funding uh, or raising. So like think, you know, um, Indiegogo or Kickstart or one of those. Um, and now they're looking for exposure and what better place than where all these millions of people are coming that are A, passionate about tech um, technology and B, also passionate, well, potential investors and all um, resellers. Speaking of which, so I love the way I try and whip these segues in, but speaking of which, um, one of my favorite brands and products that I reviewed, well, not brands, but products that I reviewed, sorry, last year, I had one of these little small stands at CES. Um, I'm going to my slides and I'll, I'll actually bring it up. So for those of you that saw the show, um, and here it is, if you're watching, there's the applaud. It still doesn't leave my immediate uh, vicinity. But I actually reviewed the applaud last year. So it's a small credit card size recorder that slips into a leather um, case that's MagSafe ready. Um, and that connects into the back of your iPhone. 
Um, if you don't have an iPhone and or MagSafe, in the box is a little steel ring that you can stick onto the um, onto the case as well. Uh, sorry, onto the phone, uh, your Android phone, um, and then the MagSafe case will attach to that. So they do cater for Android as well. Uh, but the magic's not just about the recording. It's actually the cool app that comes with Plaud, Plaud Note. Um, and what it does is it transcribes your call um, at, or note if you just made a voice note yourself. And then through AR, it actually summarizes the call. So first of all, it transcribes the call for you, and then it summarizes it and gives you actions point. Now, I loved using this last year, and I've actually started off the year again using my Plaud on calls and meetings um, that I've had so far. So... Um, I just thought, you know, I mentioned the fact that small companies were at CS, they've just finished their Indiegogo campaign. Um, I believe they're now shipping. Uh, give them some support. It really is a great product. I don't get anything out of this. I don't get paid to, to talk about Plaud. But, you know, when you do this for a living or do this for fun, I don't know if I can call this a living what I'm doing. But when you do this for fun um, and you um, – you know, you're reviewing stuff and something really does resonate. Um, yeah, give a shout out. Oh, there we go. I have to show that one. Thanks a lot. Next year, we're going to go. Um, I'm going to say challenge accepted. And in the immortal words of, words of Sheldon Cooper, or not Sheldon, uh, Barney from How I Met Your Mother, challenge accepted. Um, Alon, you didn't uh, go on to say that you paying for it, right? So I'm just going to take that as a yes. Thanks very much. Um, that's awesome. We're going off to Vegas next year. So yeah, uh, Plaud Note, there it is again, um, great little app as well, summarizes your notes, they were at CES, and that for me is nice, it's a full journey, um, I think I reviewed the product quite early on in the year last year, or mid, mid part of the year, I found out about it early on in the year when they were starting their Indiegogo campaign, and they actually now laugh, they, they've done it, and that's a testament in its own, because we all know how many people have invested or backed uh, early stage um products and they've never seen the light of day so um yeah right so plaud notes um i don't know a website offhand but i'm just going to go type in plaud note p-l-a-u-d note you're going to find it let's get back to the show um i obviously can't cover everything um it's three days i've got like 30 odd minutes with you today um there were massive tvs i mentioned at the beginning of the show like 115 inch there were laptops, there were robots, tons of AI this year. And I think that's another testament to Plaud Note as well, using AI. Um, there were even toilets that can talk. So here's some of the items that did stand out um, for me and probably a lot of the reviewers as well. Uh, not because they were all good. Some actually a bit weird. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So if you're watching the show, I've put a picture up of the MSI Claude. MSI, I think, is MicroStar micro Industries. Very big in the laptop and computing space. Um, MSI makes some pretty decent gaming computers as well. Um, this is their first handheld gaming machine. Um, now, I reviewed the Asus ROG Ally um, towards the end of last year. And I have to say, after reviewing that, after seeing this, I didn't get to play with this. I wasn't there. Uh, but knowing MSI's capabilities, um, Nintendo's about to get some serious competition. You know, we only had the Steam Deck, um, and then I said the Asus. There was one or two no-name brands that were playing in the space as well. When I say a no-name brand, by the way, it doesn't mean the product isn't good, right? It's just it wasn't one of the big brand names. Um, but, you know, the fact that MSI has now moved into the space as well, 
Um, Asus has been in the space for a while now. These are big, serious compute companies. Um, you know, I do like the Nintendo Switch, but you're limited to the Nintendo Store, which kind of, you know, puts a little bit of a eh on it. Um, whereas, you know, with any of these game decks and the MSI Claw included, it's Windows-based. That means you can use any of the stores that you prefer. And, of course, you can play the full versions of the games as well. So, um, yeah, been looking forward to this coming out. I'm just going to reach out to MSI and see how this compares with uh, Ella. Um, what do we have next? This was super cool. So, again, I keep saying this is a show. I'm always going to say this. Some people listen to my show and podcasts. So you can get us on Apple and Google Podcasts. Um, but for those that listen, they're obviously not watching. So when I go, this is super cool, I do tend to try and describe what we're looking at as well. So just bear with me. So this is called the Hollow Connect Hollow Box because we can't use the word hollow more than once. Um, so what it is is like it's this big box like that has a hollow lens capability inside it. So you can actually now talk to someone with almost la no lag or delay. Um, and they come to you in a hologram right They're inside this box. So you could be sitting in a room and uh, talking to someone. It's their representation that's coming through. So it's not an avatar. This is a lack of them. You said they will set up a camera on their side, put a nice white background behind them, and you can then see them in your hollow box. Um, equally, if, if, if they've got a hollow box on their side, they can see you. Um, on the picture I have up on the screen, there's someone giving a high five to the guy in the hollow box. Um, that's pretty cool. Not as cool as the real thing, but I think definitely a step up from Zoom or Teams meetings. Um, I think it's going to be a great product for companies that have offices all over the world. Um, they could have hollow boxes in their boardrooms, and if they ever need to do presentations or have guest speakers, um, again, instead of just being on the screen, these people could actually be there, and they, they, they can be animated as well. You know, they can move around a little bit and you can see them in their full. The only problem with this that I think about it is um, you can see them in their full, which means that they actually have to put clothes on, um, which is something that Teams and, and Zoom has let most of us uh, live our lives uh, not dressed. Um, what was next? Probably, this is probably one of my favorite products that has come out at CES this year. I do hope I get to play with one in the flesh. Um, it's called the Rabbit R1, and basically it's a form of AI assistant that's going to supposedly do more than just like answer some questions based on search, right? Um, it's going to be able to book a table at a restaurant or even order your favorite fragrance from Amazon. Um, now, it makes me think we'll probably see something similar from Amazon in their Echo universe soon, or maybe even Google will integrate through their Pixel and Bard um, and Gemini technology. But the thing about the little rabbit um, R1, and again, for those that are watching, if you picture, um, I can't even describe it, right? It's like a little square, um, probably half the size of a phone. Um, it's got a little screen on it and a little like rolling button and a little camera. But the idea behind it is that it doesn't actually use your phones. It, it doesn't have its own apps on it, but it uses apps that are running on your phone. So, for example, I mentioned a restaurant, right? Let's say you've got an um, open table. What do they call it? Open fork, I think, where you can book um, tables. You'd now just pick up the rabbit so you don't have to touch your phone. You just speak to it and go, hey, whatever it's called, unless you call it rabbit, uh, which would be a bit weird if everyone's walking around with these things. So, hey, Bob, um, I'd like to book a table at my favorite restaurant at 7 p.m. tonight. The rabbit will then unlock your app on your phone, 
and make the call and do what it needs to do or go online and book it, etc. That's kind of the idea, right? So I know I could do it with my phone. And this is kind of the geek in me, right? I'm going, I have to have one. Um, there's human AI as well. Um, and do I need one? Can't my phone already do this? But then I'm going like, nah, I want one. Um, I don't think they're going to be too badly priced. I think the quoted price was $199. That would be US, I assume. So about 250 bucks Australian. Gail Cade, if you're listening, um, not that far to my birthday because it launches in March. Um, I do want a rabbit bar one. Okay, I do. I want it. I just want it. That's it. It's done. Um, yeah, what else have we got? Uh, let's see. Um, oh, okay. So I said, like, it wasn't all about only the cool and the bad and the weird and that as well. So happy sites have got LED backpacks. Um, it's a backpack with an LED panel on your back. So I can think of it like from my advertising days, this would be pretty cool, like to give people these backpacks and then have the adverts on the back of them, right? So wherever they're walking, and obviously you need to be in a place like Sydney or New York or London where people walk a lot, where you can just have this advert generating on the back of people's backpacks. That to me makes a lot of sense. Um, more than that, like, okay, wow. And then apparently it's waterproof because that was one thing that I was wondering is what happens if it rains, right? You've got electronics running on your back and you get rain and then it just like shocks you or something uncool. However, that being said, um, yeah, I suppose I'd probably use one if you gave it to me. Um, I don't know if I would buy one per se, but I do think that like when I was preparing the show, I thought maybe from an advertising point of view, depending on how good they can get the graphics or the one that they, I, I don't think it's a new company. I think Happy Sites has actually been selling LED backpacks for a while. But they're now talking about using AR to generate artwork. So you'd be able to use your um, what's it, mid journeys and, and things like that and generate your own artwork using AR and then it will appear on your backpack, I assume via an app or a portal. Uh, but the fact that you could probably change it in real time. So if you had adverts running, um, like think of it as a moving billboard, maybe there's an opportunity here. Um, okay, so... We've definitely seen this before, Hyundai Supernal S-A2. I'm assuming we've probably seen the Supernal S-A1 before because we've definitely seen it before. But if you're not watching the show, this is, oh, it's actually a mouthful, Hyundai Supernal S-A2. Um, it's a flying taxi. Um, you know, we're kind of getting to our sci-fi level lives now. Like stuff that we used to see in early sci-fi movies, it's really coming close. Like we now about to have flying public transport. Now, the idea of this was that it's going to be for short trips. So like maybe from the airport to your hotel, um, if you're not listening or watching, it's like really a massive drone. It's a It's got four or five um, quadcoptery style things like a drone. So that also means it's a vertical takeoff and landing device. So VTOL, I think is the correct terminology for that. So it takes off vertically like a drone and will land vertically like a drone. Um, I don't think this is concept. I do believe we are going to see by the end of 2024, we will have humans flying from A to B in things like the Hyundai Supernal um, or, or similar versions thereof. We're, we're definitely testing them as we go, um, but I do think the commercial licenses will start to roll out for these things. It just makes sense. How the 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 um, the air traffic controls navigate in that. That's not a problem for me. This is a technology show, not a logistics show. That's uh, that's on you. You worry about that. 
Um, right, so clicks keyboard. Now, for all you BlackBerry lovers that miss that form factor, this is for you. Um, you snap the case onto your iPhone, and you now have a keyboard just like your trusty old uh, BlackBerry. I loved my BlackBerry. I know we all use Blackberries, and not everyone loved your Blackberries. I loved my BlackBerry. Um, it, I just did. Um, I've got a question that came through here just before I move. Confuses to our rabbit would not just be an app and avoid the whole hardware R&D manufacturing. Um, even the plot, but do you see the potential reasons for size, battery, etc. So it's a good question. But the idea was is that we spend too much. If you follow through the thing, I can actually answer that question. The idea is that we actually spend too much time on our devices, like holding our phones and looking down. Whereas having a separate device that could do the actions for you where you just talk to it. I know you're probably going to say, yes, you can just talk to your phone as well. Um, well, I'm going to go back to what I was, I was saying earlier. I just want one. I don't need one. I want one. That's why we have a rabbit R1. It's because you want one and not need one. Um, but I think the idea is that you would actually be able to eventually use it with uh, your phone or not having the phone proximity. And that's what human AI is aiming for as well with their wearable pin that has a projector that projects onto your hand so you can see stuff and phone numbers and that. So there's, it's an interesting space. It's very, very infant, but it is interesting. Back to the Clicks keyboard. Um, I love it. Looking at the pricing, I think it's a bit expensive. Um, I don't actually remember what the pricing was offhand, but it was like $150 or something like that. So it, might, it, it does seem expensive, but then I also thought about it. When you're dropping two grand on a phone, another hundred, uh, and you're probably dropping 70, 80 bucks on a case. So it's like double the price of a case. It's probably not that bad. Um, it does have its own battery pack that also does feed into the phone as well. So you're not draining off your phone, which I think is important. Um, and probably for anything, anything supporting your phone. But if you type a lot, like that's the thing I miss about BlackBerry. I do type a hell of a lot on my phone. I really do. I'm always sending emails on my phone or messages and things like that. Um, and the the marketing behind the Clicks keyboard was that you now have the full 6.7 inches or 6.9 inches of your phone without losing like a third or half of it to the keyboard when you type. So for content creators, this is pretty cool as well, is that you'll still be able to like, look at your content and still type about in that in its full environment. Um, it's definitely something I would use. As I said, I, I don't know how much it adds to the, the device from a size and weight point of view, because I do have to put that out there. I don't like the iPhone Max or Plus size. I prefer the normal iPhone size. Um, this is now going to make your phone longer and all in line with the size of a, a Plus so that means the, the logistics of putting in your pocket and things like that. If the case is easy enough to pop on and off, then I suppose it would also be a plus. You could just pop it off, and then when you're going to write, stick it on. I don't know, but I did like it. It's definitely something that I would look at uh, and maybe even review during the course of this year. Staying with phones, um, I do have to take my hat off to Samsung. So Samsung showed, and this is going on to what I said at the beginning of the show as well, right? Is that not we might not necessarily see everything, but it's a way of the company showcasing it. Now, Samsung has generally shown stuff at CS, and then within a year or so, we actually do see it. So I would like to say there's a really good chance we're going to see this. They call it the flex in and out flip. So the Samsung has had flip phones for a while now. I think they're on their fourth or fifth version of it already. Um, and they are dominating the space. Uh, but most phones flip inwards. In other words, the screen folds into itself in half, 
And then on the outside, you might have a screen and or just an enclosure. Um, what the Flex in and out does um, is it actually can fold the other way as well. So you can phone, you can fold the phone in 180 degrees. You can still phone it inside of itself to protect the screen. Or if you wanted to just have a smaller phone but still use it, uh, you can fold it outwards. And therefore, the screen's still available. Now, the thing with crease phones is, uh, foldable phones, sorry, is the crease. This is probably why I haven't owned one yet. Um, I am getting a little bit of FOMO when it comes to not having a foldable in my collection of phones. I won't lie. Um, and I do think that in, you know, in the next couple of years, we're going to see them resolve the, the crease aspect. Um, the hinge technology is getting better. So maybe it will still, it will actually be two screens that, I don't know, just like join really, really well. Um, but then is it a foldable? I, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a hardware manufacturer, but you know, people say to me, how come you haven't moved into like a, a flip or something like that yet? Um, the simple reason is I just don't like the crease. And I know that with time, the crease is going to, it's going to get like white marks on it. Like when you fold plastic, take a credit card, right? And just fold it and bend it and fold it and bend it and fold it and bend it. And you see it gets that white flash through it where the color now goes. Um, I have to believe that within a couple of years, foldable phones are going to suffer that same problem. And yes, people can say, yes, you don't keep your phone longer than a couple of years. That's also true. Don't really have a good reason why I don't have it other than I'm probably iPhone first. So that might be it. So Apple, hope and make affordable. Um, I do, however, predict that, um, you know, in the next few years, human AI and or rabbit, um, if they get their way where we don't need our phones, then we probably find that we don't really need to worry about perfecting the foldable phone technology because they'll be projecting onto our hands or any other substrates anyway. So there's quite an interesting play that's coming, and it's about time because phones have actually become quite boring. Um, I used to get super excited about phones. In fact, I referred to myself as a mobilist because that's it. I love phones. But with the exception of the Fold that Samsung did and, and one or two other brands, we really haven't had anything exciting in um, in phones for a while. So, uh, yeah. Um, hey, Brian. See, there was a luck that came through from you there. Right, what else we got? Um, yeah, okay, back to the weird. So the company, I think it's called Skyted, like S-K-Y-T-E-D, Skyted Mask. So they've made a privacy mask that allows you to communicate more private, privately in loud environments. Um, so have you ever been in like a loud environment where you have to put your hand over your cell phone, right? You hold your phone. Well, you know, you do one of these things, right? You go like this. And if I talk like this, you're not really going to hear me. It's a live show, so you need to hear me. And you, you cover up your mouth and try and cover it off. Now, Apple's got really great technology there where you can put microphone isolation on. You can have a hairdryer going next to you, and, and the person that you're talking to won't hear that. Unfortunately, it's in your ears. You can hear it. Um, so masking sound and that and noise is fine. But I think more from a privacy point of view, if you don't want people to hear you talking, I'm generally loud. Um, I do talk loudly. So wherever I am, it, you know, people can hear me. Um, this is apparently going to dampen your sound. So if you're having an important conversation that isn't a public place, the scattered mask is going to help you um, cover that call, you know, mask the call. Do you see what I did there? That was terrible. I know, mask the call. Uh, 
apparently they've made one with an LED version as well. So maybe they sat next to the guys from Happy Bags. What are they called? Happy Happy Sites. Um, maybe they sit next to them and got the idea of putting an LED on. So you can have a thing maybe on your face that says do not do not disturb or cleaning in progress, maybe if you're chewing gum or doing some mouthwash action. I don't know. I just see Bane from the Batman movies when I look at this. And and Dyson also came out with a really weird one, but theirs was more about a filter. They had like an air filter thing going as well that gives you pure air and stops germs flying around and stuff. Anyway, I'm going to stay with the weird for a section. So this was debuted at CES. It's called We Head. Um, it's kind of like several phone screen screens attached to a stand that imitate a face um yeah if you can call that a face i have put pictures up when you look from the side profile it's like a little robotic head so you could see it could be a face and there's screens all the way around and it's got yeah but the ear's actually facing the wrong way instead of looking into the ear you're kind of looking at a part of the ear uh and then if you look there's another picture up there as well like you look at it front on it kind of just looks like someone with that's wearing a diver's mask um, because of the way the screens are configured. But the thinking was that these little screens all attached, they imitate your face or a face. Um, and if you want to remotely attend a conference call, um, but also like physically feel present there, then WeHead is kind of there for you. Um, I, I don't get it. I just kind of find it a little bit freaky, actually. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, this is it, right? This is CES is what you get. So the idea is that that person would be represented in your room through their little robot head thing. Yeah. Okay, next. Um, okay. So I've been following this company. It's Xreal. So X, X and Real. I've been following them for a while. Um, they've had really early days into AR glasses. So kind of like when Google Glass was coming with theirs, um, they came up with more traditional looking glasses. Their new Air um, that they showed off, the X-Real Air, seemed to be getting pretty close to what would be or could be beneficial in everyday life, right? So I think within the next couple of years, um, and especially after Apple's imminent launch, well, imminent's next three weeks in the States, of their Vision Pro, um, we're going to see more pretty cool headsets and, and, and glasses-style technology um, coming. And maybe finally AR and VR will, will start to be a bit more um, affordable because, well, I'll say that Apple's about to drop a headset for 3500 US. Uh, there's nothing affordable about that. I mean, that's, that's a super big price tag. Uh, it looks like super amazing tech. And I'm sure there's going to be gazillions of fanboys and girls that are going to run out there and buy it. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm a fanboy, but I don't have 3500 US lying around. So Apple, if you love me, you can send me one. Um, but yeah. And um, the, the extra glasses look really cool. If you look, if you're watching the show, um, they look like glasses. If you, I, I try to put a picture from behind as well, so you can see the lenses that actually do the work, the projection, sit behind what looks like normal sunglass lenses, so you can still see through. Um, so you wouldn't have to actually take them off, and you can speak to them, and you can get messages and all kinds of stuff. Again, maybe something like this and a rabbit um, could replace your phone. So. Yeah, really interesting. But I think they did a really nice job. So um, I don't know what this version can and can't do. Um, but I do believe they're getting close. Um, I mentioned TVs at the beginning of the show and, and specific TCL's 115-inch. 
I think Samsung also showed off a transparent TV. The picture I've got up actually is LG. So they've showed off a transparent OLED TV. Um, it kind of looks like the hologram box. Like, I don't know if I like it. It, it I looked at it and, and I was thinking this would make a really nice fish tank because it's got that clear, but you can see through it. So whatever's behind it. So picture like an aquarium in your room, in your house. Like you can see through it. And of course, unless you haven't cleaned it in three years, then you can't see anything. But like if you've got a clean aquarium in your house and you can see through it, the TV kind of does the same thing. In the picture I put up there, like you can see through it and you can see the TV, the, the curtains in the background. Um, um yeah, I'm I'm not overly sold on it. Um not sure actually. But well, I'll tell you why I'm not sold. Like, I'm looking at, at the pause. Sorry, and I know it's raining. This you never pause because there's people just listening. I'm kind of looking. I'm thinking, where I live, I've got such a hard problem now with light. So the light comes into my living room from behind. So in other words, straight onto the TV. So unless I close the blinds, which also still bleed light, um, watching TV in the daytime in my house is actually a really bad experience. So if I had one of these things, um, it would be a terrible experience. And I'm sure they can make it go black. And in fact, I'm not sure. I know they can make it go black, but it's black ink. It's it's not a black screen that then has black ink playing on it. It's just they're using ink to do it, um, which makes me feel it will still be more translucent than a high quality 8K OLED TV from yeah, you know, well, even from LG. So um, yeah, those are some of my weird and wonderfuls. I didn't play any games, or I didn't. Um, I haven't got any questions. Um, in fact, I kind of answered a question on the fly that I came through. Uh, but look, CS had tons of other stuff. There was lots of AI, lots of different AI technology. TVs were big. There was this TV that folded out into like four panels and it did automatically. It was actually like a piece of art and they, the panels all butt jointed really nicely. The quality of the picture looked amazing. The head up in the front, like as you walked in, this thing opened and closed. So lots of cool stuff, lots of innovative technology. Some of it I chose not to talk about because I'm actually know I'm going to review it this year. Um, JLab were there. Um, they they had a stand again. I got some really cool little headsets um, from JLab, which I will be reviewing. So I'm not going to talk any more about that. Uh, but definitely in the next couple of shows, I'm going to be reviewing at least one of them. Um, super impressed at how much I can tell you. So thanks again to JLab, and I hope CS was was good for you guys. So I guess uh, that takes us to the end of the first show of 2024. So until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shining.